Hi, I'm David Kaplan, and you're listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Enjoy the show. Machado Watch is back on NBC Sports Chicago. Last night, the next Chicago baseball legend showed us what the future holds. Tonight, big game James Shields will try to hold him in check and drive down Machado's asking price. Orioles, White Sox, baseball night in Chicago. Starts our coverage 6.30. Jason and Stoney bring you Manny Mania at 7. As for Machado's next employer, the Cubs get ready for a World Series rematch with the Cleveland Indians. After taking four of six on the road last week, are the Cubs all better now? Man, welcome in to Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. Hope you had a good day. I'm David Kaplan, panel for today's show. And you need to subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com. Lauren Commodore has a great story up on Manny Machado. She might get a new sweater out of the deal, too. We'll tell you about that. Hub Arkish for Pro Football Weekly and The Score. And the afternoon star over at The Score, he is Danny Parkins. All right, we start with Manny Machado. Watch as Manny Mania has gripped our city. It's so big, Cubs fans were helping the White Sox fill their stadium, including these two Northside diehards who made the trip down to 35th and Shields to woo the soon-to-be free agent. That would be you and Nick Shipkowski. Who are those good-looking, strapping young gentlemen? What a great trip. That blew up. It was everywhere. Uh, in all three papers on ESPN National TV, your network. Yeah, it was... Um... It did exactly what I thought it was going to do. You know, I like to poke the bear a little bit. I like to have fun in this cathedral of sports where so many people take themselves way too seriously. Right? You know this, Kat. They do. They take themselves too seriously. And they're like, oh, how could you do this? You're supposed to be a radio. You're supposed to be impartial. Man, I'm just a fan and an entertainer. I remember living in a van when the Cubs were 0-6. And 0-14, I finally got out. Yeah. So there were plenty of good seats behind the Orioles dugout available. And uh, we went down there with the sign, and we had some fun. What about your thoughts on Manny Machado? Would you pay the price that it would probably take to trade for him now if you were the Cubs? Not if I couldn't guarantee I was going to sign him. I mean, you've emptied out the farm system. You got that first ring. Now you're worried about getting additional rings. You start trading, you know, somewhat proven prospects like an Addison Russell. If I'm going to get Machado forever, yeah, that's fine. Uh, although I don't know if that's a good idea either because if I do that, then I don't know how I'm going to sign Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and, and Wilson Contreras and Javi Baez and on and on. I don't get the, I get the Machado madness because in this lineup for the next six, seven months, it would be great fun. They'd probably win another World Series. But I think the price is way too high, and no, I, I would not get Machado. Certainly all depends on how they really feel about Addison Russell. It seems like he's, you know, he's had a good couple of weeks right now, but is he going to go back to kind of being that average above average hitter that we've seen re- saw towards the beginning of the season? And obviously they have a bit of a leg up with Machado in terms of just the foundation that they've built there and his friendship with Albert Elmore Jr. You were also there yesterday. Yes. You wrote a story on him. People can get it at theathletic.com. But his whole persona with the sweater, yes. the slick back hair, I thought it was a mature move to say, guys, let's step out in the hall so I don't do this in front of my teammates. Yeah, he had the corner locker in the visitor's locker room and came in and saw this huge horde of media members there. Um, so he took it outside just to have a little bit more room. And he, he was totally prepared for that. I mean, he knew that was coming, obviously, with everything going on. And he talked for a good, you know, seven minutes, considering he didn't have much to say about, you know, he can't really say much about it. But he was very polished and poised. By the way, here's our Ankin Law Sports Talk Live poll question. 
How will the Cubs acquire Manny Machado? They won't get him, free agent, or via trade. What would you say? Via trade. I, I think that they will trade for him and then attempt to sign him. But even if they don't sign him, then I think they'll just sign Bryce Harper. I think one of those two is going to be a Cub next year. And to Hub's point about you got to pay the guys that are on your team, after 2021, you have to pay the majority of the guys that are on your team. And I don't want to pay Wilson Contreras big money because he's a catcher, and I don't want to pay him for his, when he's in his 30s. Addison Russell would be a huge upgrade to go to Manny Machado. Anthony Rizzo is not going to break the bank like these other guys, and he's a first baseman. You don't want to pay him huge money going forward. So if you were going to tell me that you were going to build the foundation of the Cubs core around Manny Machado and Chris Bryant, like, yeah, sign me up for two of the ten best players in baseball. See, I, the one thing I disagree with is they're going to pay Rizzo because he's the face of their team. They, they will But pay he him. won't get a $300 million deal. Exactly. He'll get a big deal, but not a crazy deal. Yeah, but once you've got two $300 million deals, you don't have 23 other players. I, I mean, at the bottom line, it's They're nice. doing nothing but printing money over there. And you don't think they want to keep some of it? They're doing this out of generosity? They're doing this to donate to the city of Chicago? It's nice to have two of the ten best players in baseball if you can, but you don't win World Series with two of the ten best players in baseball. You win with the best team. And so I don't think they're going to trade for him. I don't think they should. With what they have right now, though, I mean, they have an expensive contract in Darvish, in Hayward, in Leicester. On a per-year basis, Ben Zobrist is $16 million per year. Like, they're but only one more year after this. No, I know, but I'm saying they're spending money on veterans to supplement their young team now. Once they And they were able to get those guys by being bad and having top picks. The next generation of the Cubs, it's going to be harder to get those top prospects because they're not picking in the top five anymore. So doing it through free agency and trades is the next but, logical output. But, Danny, that's exactly the point. You've got these kids here right now as they develop, you know, and you've got them controllable. People have done nothing but complain about the Hayward contract since they signed it because of the way it's hamstrung them. What do you think is going to happen if you sign Machado for 300? What happened with Giancarlo Stanton? I mean, just look at what happened in the last two, three years. These deals are a bad idea, and I think Theo, I hope Theo's too smart for it. I, you know, but you want him to pay Chris Bryant. I, I think Chris Bryant should be a Cub forever, and that's what it's going to cost to keep him. But at least it's somebody you developed that you're going to have for 50 years who's already got an MVP, by the way, and a ring. You know, and, and when you say I want them to, I want them to keep as many of these guys as they can because they're good baseball players. I don't know what the price tag is going to be. You know, that's I mean, what we got to find if out. If you, it's it's time, it's almost that time to kind of start not thinking about the future as much. If they can get one or maybe two more World Series out of this, then that will be worth it to have those co bad bad contracts down the line. I think then you know, obviously people will complain, but in the end, one or two more World Series. That's pretty good. Okay, what if I told you that they don't trade for him, but they sign one of the two in the offseason? My preference would be Machado. That's who I'd prefer him over Harper. And Machado comes in. He goes to short. Javi Baez slides over to third. Russell goes to second because I didn't trade anybody to get rid to acquire him. I move Bryant to right field, and I buy out Hayward. That's fine, but there, I mean – when, when's the last big buyout that happened with four years left on a contract? Like, I, I think you're talking about something that is exceptionally unlikely and players want their contracts honored. So my guess is the union would have a problem with that. You'd probably, probably. Have, to, you'd probably have to pay 100 cents on the dollar. You know what I mean? You'd have to pay him every single dollar. That's what I'm saying. That, that, that he was, and, but, I mean, I don't have a precedent for that. I mean, I love, at, at that level, uh, yeah, yeah, probably not. I, yeah, four years left with him having opt-outs. I I love you thinking outside the box. I don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, th this conversation is fun. These are all great names to kick around, but I think the reality is 
they can win another World Series or two with the lineup they've got right now if they get better pitching. It's not Bryce Harper or Manny Machado that is going to bring another World Series here. They're locked into the pitching, though. Well, Lester, Hendricks, Quintana, Darvish, those are the four who will start for the Cubs in the playoffs. For the rest of this year. But, but we're talking about acquiring people long term now. I, I didn't like the Darvish signing when they did it. We'll see if it turns out to be a mistake. They're about to start paying the price for the Lester deal in the third or fourth, fifth year where you're not getting the same pitcher. You've got to sign Hendricks. Uh, you know, I mean, Quintana, you only got two more years after this year. I'd be a lot more worried about getting pitching than I am about getting guys like Machado. The most important World Series is the next one. Like to Lauren's point, like the Hayward contract is not a bad contract. Everyone says it's a bad contract. You won a World Series with Jason Hayward, so it was worth it. Period. That's how it works. Yeah. I, look, if I told you that you could go back in time and not sign him, but I also take your World Series away and go, I don't know if it's going to happen. You'd be no, like, uh, no. no, I'll keep my World Series. <laughs> of and course. Pay the price. All right. Let's move to the other side of town. White Sox lost last night 3-2 to two, to Machado and the Orioles. Wellington Castillo, though, was benched in that game. What was your guys' takeaway on what happened with Wellington Castillo? Uh, just walked out of the – you see him there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ricky Renteria laying the law down. I like to see that. That was the second time in, I believe, less than two weeks that he's done that. Uh, less than two weeks ago, it was Larry Garcia who did a similar thing. He's very big about this, you know, Respect keeping Lady. guys accountable. Exactly. Um, and he's not afraid to make an example out of everyone, um, even veterans. And I think, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing that it kind of keeps happening a little bit, but... You know, I like that he laid the law down. If it's all about teaching the kids, he has to. I mean, he can't let these veterans get away with that and say, I'm teaching these kids how to become major league ball players. Yeah, we, we had long since gone viral, so we left the stadium well before the sixth <laughs> inning. Uh, but of course, Rick Renteria is instilling a culture. They said it at media day before the season started, that it's all about the culture and the White Sox way, and so the prospects that are coming up know what they expect from when they are ready to win. They're not judging this thing by wins and losses. They're judging it by how they play the game. Okay, so we've had Moncada had an incident. We had Castillo last night. Lurie Garcia, I think a week or two ago. Does that mean his message is not being received, or that's what happens with young teams? What happens with bad teams? Yeah. Well, it's what happens with bad teams, and it's also what happens with kids. I mean, you know, they don't get the message the first time. You know, it's, it's going to take a while. They've got to become professionals. Um, and, and you know what? I think this is the other warning out there. And, yes, I've been a lifelong Cubs fan. It's not about a Cubs-Sox thing. But people have to remember how lucky the Cubs have been that basically every one of these kids hit. It's not going to work that way with most teams. Ask the Pittsburgh Pirates who've been rebuilding for 24 years or, you know, or other teams. And, and so it may be, I'm not picking on Lurie Garcia, but you mentioned him. Some of these kids aren't going to get it. You know? and, and I think everything Renteria can do now to make sure as many of them as possible do is really important. See, the other thing is if he wants to be the manager when this thing does turn north, he, this is where he's got to make his hay. Yeah, he has to. I think that's in kind of in the back of his mind, and I think the team gets that. Um, he kind of has to pick and choose his battles a little bit in terms of who he makes an example of and how often. But I think that's certainly in the back of his mind. Is you know this is the tone that I'm going to set for the next you know five years or whatever. Can they get anything for James Shields? He goes to the post tonight. Is it just simply moving the money? Yeah, I mean, they should have, you know, James Shields should have been traded a few years ago, probably, if you wanted they any should real should never value. have been acquired. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of like when his, James Shields has been traded before. You realize for, what they gave up for him. 
Yes. One of the top five minor leaguers in baseball. It was the last bad move before they actually picked a lane. But once upon a time, so in, th- in that case, right, top five prospect in baseball before he was traded for the number one Fernando prospect. Fernando Tatis Jr. Right, and, but before it was for the number one prospect, Will Myers. I mean, he, James Shields has been the guy to instill culture on a young team multiple times in his career. The problem now is he's bad. Yeah. Like back then he was good right. when he was traded for the he's top prospect. He's had his moments this year, which surprised me. He's not a guy I would think a contender would want to acquire. I think the issue is do you have another arm, another young arm you want to give those innings to? Because if you don't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, somebody's got to eat those innings. That's there's, it. there's also not a lot of contenders. You know what I mean? There's not a lot there's of a teams. There's a huge gulf now. Right. Here's the teams that think they have a chance, and there's a whole group of them that go, yeah, we're not even trying. We will be live tomorrow from Guaranteed Rate Field with this show. Hope you'll dial us up at 6 o'clock. All right, happy birthday, Lowry Markinen. He can now legally drink at a bar, and he can celebrate being named one of the best rookies in the NBA. So does this make him more untouchable or make him more tradable this offseason? Speaking of trade, sounds like Carl Anthony Towns might not want to do his job or Tom Thibodeau anymore. Could the Bulls have enough assets to swing another big draft day deal with Tibbs and the T-Wolves? If you love baseball, you can't miss NBC Sports Chicago's newest show, Baseball Night in Chicago. Between Ozzie Guillen, Doug Glanville, Bill Melton, David DeJesus, there's never a dull moment. For complete listings and guest information, visit NBCSportsChicago.com slash Baseball Night in Chicago. Happy birthday to that guy. Lowry Markin turned 21 today and then got the phone call. He is first team All-NBA rookie. This kid, last year when the Bulls announced him, there were people in town none too pleased. Thought, oh, another bust. This turned out to be a hell of a pick. We were sitting on this set just week two, week three of the season with, with Shinowski, with Cowley, you know, with KC, with all these guys. And, and, and everybody was like, this kid's really good, you know? And I know some of the blush came off the rose the season we're on because of the back injuries. But if you think back to those first three, four, five weeks when he was introducing himself to the league, you may have one of your three or four key pieces. Here. Yeah, he's a beast. He's great. And I, I mean, I said the day after the draft that if he hits, it's the perfect fit for the modern NBA. I just had no idea if it was going to hit, and most of them with that skill set don't. Um, but he... He's a cornerstone. I mean, Pax told me on the radio that he thinks it's possible that he could be the best player on a title team. I'm not going that far, but I would say... Yeah, untouchable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's. I mean, now listen, if you're saying, well, I'll trade you Steph Curry, you know what I mean? Sure. He's not literally untouchable, but he. there's nothing that is available for trade this offseason that I would Kawhi give Kawhi Leonard. Nah. Injury concerns, commitment, you're, you're not good with just Kawhi Leonard, just like you're not good with just Lowry Marketing. So I'd rather Correct. be younger and cheaper. Okay, what have I said to you guys? 7, 22, and Zach Levine gets you Kawhi Leonard. You doing it? Mm, no. You? 7, 22, and Zach Levine for Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, because now you're putting Leonard with Markkinen, and hopefully Chris Dunn can play, and you know it, it's, you've got a pretty important piece for the next three, four years. It, it's close, and, and you don't have to pay Levine in that calculus, right? You're just pay, you're paying um, you're paying Leonard. I, I think Kawhi's staying 
in San Antonio. I, I'd be surprised if he left. I, I thought Zach Levine was the centerpiece of that trade, and he's the disappointment. Chris Dunn way outplayed expectations. You know, Markkinen, you know, it turns he's out to stud. be a, a real keeper, but I, I just wasn't as impressed as I hoped to be. Okay. Now, in fairness, he's coming off the ACL, so we'll give him another season. We'll see what happens. Here's the other question. Carl Anthony Towns reportedly unhappy with Tom Thibodeau, does not want to stay in Minnesota, and is looking to be traded this offseason. For the second straight year, could we see the Bulls and the T-Wolves put together a blockbuster draft day deal? No. no. I mean, listen, he's a very good player, but he's not a rim protector. And so if you're putting him next to Markkinen, you want a rim protector. The NBA is getting smaller, not bigger. So listen, if it was a, if you were getting him for 60 cents on the dollar, if you said it's just the seventh pick, or we'll send you Zach Levine back, like if it's one asset for one asset, then sure, you're better with Carl Anthony Towns, but now nah, I'm good. Yeah, I don't see how it works. I mean, the Bulls have the assets that they didn't want to pair with Carl Anthony Towns, so why is Thibs going to take those back now just to get rid of Towns? It doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, I think that they're going to probably just, you know, they're they're on their path. They're, they're going to make their two picks. Yeah, I mean, they're happy, obviously, with Markinen. I think Levine, he'll be, I think it's way too soon to say, like, that he's a bust. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I yeah, think 7 and 22, they'll make their picks. I'll give you a prediction. I think they end up trading 7 and 22 to go to 4, 5, or 6. I think they'll go up a spot, 2 or 3, maybe if they have to give up the 22nd pick. I hope Hub's right. I, I think they'll take get the a guy like Michael Porter Jr. or Doncic, whoever it is. They'll pick the guy they're married to, and I think that there'll be somebody who might be willing to make that deal at four or five. You think there's a chance that Doncic falls? I think he's going one. Well, he now has said, "I'm not sure I'm coming over," even though that's a ploy to keep Sacramento from taking. Yeah, him. I think he's going one-one. I think I think he goes to ahead th- of De- DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, yeah. He's he's 19. And he's been the best player in the second best league in the world, better than college basketball. Right, at 18 and 19. For two years. He's a stud. And he's a wing player who can shoot. Who's And people are like talking about him like he's small. He's 6'6". I mean, he's not going to guard Russell Westbrook, but that guy can play in the NBA tomorrow. Yeah, I would love to see the Bulls get him. But Michael Porter, you have a back question. I Listen, you know, a year ago, I would have said, yeah, you know, I'll take that chance. Now I don't know how you can take that chance. I mean, he, he missed his one college season because he had back surgery. But then you have a guy like Joel Embiid who missed, what, over two seasons and now looks like he's healthy. Which it now looks smart, but remember how they got roasted when they made the pick I mean, because yeah. it didn't make sense at the time. So, you know. I'd swing for the star. Like, I – you win championships by having multiple star players, right? If Markkinen's your best player, is that an all-star like LaMarcus Aldridge or Al Horford? Or is he ever going to be a superstar? You, you need I mean, is he Dirk Nowitzki? Right, like that's the, that's the example. It's the yeah, I don't know one. if he's quite there. I think he's Al Horford. Good player. Love star player. Him. I need another one that's better. Dirk's one of the 25 best players in the history yeah, of the sport. I, I, I love Markkinen. I loved him the day they, tra- they drafted him. That's awfully high praise. Here's what was really scary to me about Porter. And again, much like Levine with the ACL, I know he's coming back off a of back surgery, but the couple games he played at the end of the year, I mean, he, he did not look athletic at all. He looked like he could barely move. Now, maybe he shouldn't have been on the court yet, but, but if that's the film that we're going to look at, then no, you don't use a top four or five pick. On. Yeah, I think he felt pressure to play for yeah, the hometown team. His yeah. brother was there. It's his one season in Columbia. He's from Columbia. Like his high school highlights, he's throwing the ball off the backboard to himself and dunking in the half court. This, like, like not, not in fast breaks, in the half court. He's this, a freak. This yeah. is an absolute classic example. If this kid is as good as we thought he was going in, he should go back to Missouri for a year or spend another year because then you can be the number one overall pick next year. He I mean, he's just making paid. a huge mistake. My back feels good. I'm getting paid.
Yeah, especially because he'll be – I think if he's healthy in these workouts, he'll be a top-five pick. Even Easily. Without, even without playing in Missouri. Easily. All right, don't forget, we have White Sox baseball top of the hour. James Shields gets the start against Manny Machado and the Orioles. Jason Stoney at the call at 7 or STL right after this. Have you ever wanted to watch a Cubs game with David Kaplan? Now's your chance. Every authentic fan night, tune in to NBC Sports Chicago's Facebook page and watch the sixth inning sidecast with Cap, David DeJesus, and more special guests. They'll take your questions as they comment on the game action. Congrats to Brandi Chastain. Of course, we all remember her iconic World Cup winning goal back in 1999. She's been inducted into the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame. And congratulations to whoever made this plaque for her. Like, <laughs> that looks like Peter King. Just a little off. How does that happen? Like, how does that happen? Looks like Eric Stone Street. So they have now <laughs> announced that she is going to supply them a new picture, and they are going to redo it at their cost. They said it's expensive, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but I can't believe the first picture was that bad. I think they're going to screw it up. <laughs> it's got to did, did she have it unveiled like as she was standing there and then have to fake and that go, smile and be like, Ugh. Oh, my God, that's not me. <laughs> it really looks like Peter King. All right, NFL owner meetings are underway. Today they approved a new kickoff formation. Uh, as well as using replay to eject players. And according to Albert Breer, they've discussed anthem protests. He tweeted that, quote, one idea being discussed is leave it up to the home team on whether teams come out for the anthem. If teams do come out for the anthem, teams could be assessed a 15-yard penalty if anybody kneeled. What do you think about that? I think it's the most stupid, outrageous thing I've ever heard. I mean, first of all, you can't leave it up to the home team. What if the visiting team has players who feel differently? That's not, I mean, what do you call that? And, and uh, it, listen, it, it's, it, it, we should be talking sports, not politics. We are people, you know, we are affected by all this. It's hard not to get involved in it sometimes. Um, but these kids have rights. And, and, and if it's not against the law to burn the flag, it's certainly not a penalty to take a knee during the anthem. And I think it sucks. I think everybody should stand for the anthem. Believe me, I don't like it. But, I mean, is this America or not? I just don't know anymore. It's a, it's a laughably dumb rule. I texted with two NFL officials, and there is no rule on the books that, is, that would be like this, that would be for a home team, right? You, the home team can choose the jersey colors or what sideline they're on, but nothing that could lead to a penalty being enforced on the field. It's ridiculous. It's going way too far. I think it's causing more problems than it's solving anything. It's insane.